Ladies and gentlemen, citizens of the universe, fantasy footballers, Dynasty League dirtballs, NFL draft fans, and DFS degenerates worldwide, this is the Roster Watch Podcast, presented by RosterWatch.com. Roster Watch Nation, prepare for pop, flash, and sizzle. Prepare for knowledge bombs and cockamamie business. The Roster Watch crew is here to deliver the goods you can't find anywhere else. Here is your host, RosterWatch.com Editor-in-Chief, Alex Dunlap. Ladies and gentlemen, Rosterwatch Nation, welcome back to the epic Rosterwatch podcast brought to you by Rosterwatch.com. My name is Alex Dunlap here as always with Byron Lambert and it's a big edition of the podcast, episode 22. Uh, this week we talk about, or I guess not this week, I guess in this edition, since it is a bi-weekly podcast that you can subscribe to on iTunes and Stitcher, please if you're not subscribed, subscribe uh, on either of those services. Make sure to give us a good rating, make sure to give us a good review. We need more effort out of Roster Watch Nation as far as the reviews and the ratings go. We give you maniacal effort, we give you two podcasts a week, We all we ask in return. Please give us a good rating, give us a good review. With that, a lot of news and notes to get to, some running back talk as we recalibrate the MFL 10 cheat sheet. We will kind of touch up on some things from the Dynasty cheat sheet, all available at rosterwatch.com. Also, a bunch of NFL news and notes to get to in this week post-draft with rookie minicamp starting, at least in the case of take the Houston Texans, one week from today. I'd also like to get a little bit maniacal together here on the pod to go over some of the most recent reviews on iTunes and give away review of the week. Perfect. So people are giving reviews again. They sure are, and some of them are, are pretty good. <laughs> Great. Also, maybe do a little bit of housekeeping from the last podcast, a few loose ends from uh, the draft and the Dynasty Rookie uh, draft cheat sheet that members of Roster Watch Nation have uh, reached out to us about. But first, let's just dive right on into... News and notes. Uh, Cardinals wide receiver John Brown uh, has undergone a mi- minor procedure to remove a cyst from his spine. And he is attributing some of his struggles last year to that cyst uh, in addition to the sickle cell uh, anemia. He said it just really sapped him of his energy because he couldn't sleep at night. He was so uncomfortable with this cyst and pressing up on his spine. Um, that sounds... <clears throat> ugh. Well, you just feel like he's starting to feel like damaged goods. They're saying this is something that he can recover from. I'm obviously still worried long-term just about his health with the sickle cell. That's something that they've never really been able to completely solve. He says he's fine, but we really won't know we've it talked we to, see We've it. talked to people close to that team that have told us that that thing is still largely up in the air and still a bit of a mystery even to them. Yeah, and so a lot of people might have been surprised by the uh, draft selection of Chad Williams by the Cardinals out of Grambling a State. Actually, well, one of the fastest players that we recorded at uh, the week of senior bowl practice in our joint venture with Catapult Sports uh, there in Mobile this year. Uh, that may have come as a surprise to some, but truthfully, if you look at the Cardinals' depth chart, depth chart it makes a lot of sense. Michael Floyd is gone. Um I think they love J.J. Nelson from last year. I, I certainly think he's got a nice uh, role moving forward. But there's clearly uncertainty guys, inside the building regarding John Brown. 
And, and even if you even have John if he, Brown, even if he is healthy, you probably still need more depth there. So really, and you need a guy, like they don't have a Chad Williams like wide receiver on that roster. Long, longer receiver that can play on the outside. Chad Williams with a real opportunity, a pretty good landing spot. If you read the round three uh, landing spots at rosterwatch.com, the round three landing spots primer. We're, we're through round three. What I'm going to do now is for the last one. Why it's taking so long? is we're just going to do round four and on and go through some of the key players. And uh, so expect that up within uh, probably, I would say, by Saturday or Sunday. Uh, we will be finished with the landing spots primers for those players. Uh, that will be followed by the release of version 2.0 of the MFL 10 cheat sheet. But on ver on round three landing spots primer, yeah, I mean, what I said about Chad Chad Williams is that this is a little bit interesting. And, it, it, you know, a small school wide receiver that was off the radar that Steve Kime coveted reminded me a lot of, a, of the pick of a John Brown. He's, he's, just not a very, he's just not a player who reminds me a ton of John Brown. Yeah, no, I think it's the same thing. John Brown played pretty quickly in his career. J.J. Nelson played very quickly in his career. Uh, barring an upset, I think Chad Williams will as well. And looking at version 1.0 of the Dynasty Rookie Draft Cheat Sheet, uh, with as we continue to digest and assimilate all the information post-draft, I think Chad Williams is probably a guy we're going to be looking to give a bump here in version 2.0 uh, in the next few days. Yeah, he's somebody we didn't discuss last time, but as I'm looking at it, I think he needs a bump too. And I think I, I, think I know exactly where he needs a bump too. Yeah, I like him. We we <laughs> certainly we certainly like him. Uh, let's see. Let's keep going with news and notes here. It looks like Christian McCaffrey, the first uh, first rounder, to sign his to sign his contract with the Panthers. We had a member of Roster Watch Nation reach out to us after the draft recap podcast earlier in the week. Uh, said it was a great pod. He loved every minute, but he was really blue balled by the fact that we didn't get to talk about his Carolina Panthers and their draft. <laughs> Some of these this members are to watch to Nation are maniacal, it. man. They're like they they want to hear our thoughts on their team. Well, well and hey, it's worth mentioning thing. that we believe that the Panthers uh, had a really nice draft. Obviously, McCaffrey, we had mocked him. If you guys had listened to the pod, we and everybody else had been mocking him over and over and over again to the Panthers. Basically, the ultimate can-do guy. Certainly, an amazing fit out of the shotgun uh, with Cam Newton. Uh, that's going to be a nightmare uh, for defenses. But then you look at you look at some of the other picks. You know what what do we know about Gettleman? Is he loves to double dip and he's very candid in the off season. When he's got a need that he wants to pursue in the draft, he goes and fills He'll it twice. You. He'll tell you. He too. goes and fills it twice. So they reeled off Curtis Samuel, who is the same exact kind of player, a running back slash wide receiver. And what we know about Gettleman was we overheard him specifically. Don't tell anybody this. <laughs> but we overheard him specifically in the stands at the Senior Bowl. Just he was had radar lock on the shifty, shrimpy Trent slot Taylor. wide receiver. Trent Taylor, especially who it Trent was. Taylor out of Louisiana Tech. He thought he was as quick as a hiccup at Senior Bowl practices. That's what he's been looking for to add to the offense. Look in Carolina, they've been. I talked to the beat writers. They all the media, and I think a lot of the fans are just worn out by the Kyrus Garretts, the Kelvin Benjamins, the Devin Funches. They say. Gettleman, get it right, and when are we going to get uh, a different type of receiver? You know, I've been skeptical that Cam Newton can really make any high-volume use of any type of like a Julian Edelman type player. I just, to me, that's not Cam Newton's game accuracy to that type of receiver. But, 
you know, you look at Christian McCaffrey. I, we've compared him a lot to Reggie Bush. I've gone back and looked at Reggie Bush's early years in New Orleans. And, you know, if you're a Charlie Casserly, you think Christian McCaffrey can get 18 touches a game on the bright side. Uh, truthfully, uh, I think we're looking at probably a 15-touch-per-game uh, guy, including special teams touches over his career. But I do expect Gettleman to u- utilize him heavily in the early years of his career, especially to spell Jonathan Stewart. So I think we can chalk up 15 to 20 touches a game for Christian McCaffrey these first few years of his career um, if you include all of the special teams touches that he's going to get. Here with Byron Lambert and Alex Dunlap. It's the Roster Watch podcast brought to you by rosterwatch.com. I'll give a shout-out here to my boy, uh, The Siege from Roto Grinders. You guys might be familiar with The Siege from Roto Grinders if you're a daily fantasy sports player and kind of uh, follow people in that realm. And I made a – let me ask you about this bet I made with The Siege. <laughs> um, Christian McCaffrey – Versus Leonard Fournette, first year points in PPR, rookie year points. He he, I wanted to, to do it standard. He wouldn't do it in in, in standard. Of he course. says it has to be PPR. Has to be if it's going to be even money. So I just I I just made an even money bet with him just for fun. Just for no, you, well no, I mean you know I mean for, yeah, you like for, to win. I think fifth. It's it's a fifty dollar bet. So yeah, I mean kind of for fun, but I mean certainly I'd like to make fifty bucks. About fifteen Jimmy John sandwiches. About fifteen, couple of fifteen slims, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. That's going to be an exciting which, one to unfold. Which I've, side of that would you take in PPR for year one? I think Fournette. Even just you just forget Fournette's touchdowns. a great pass yeah, catcher. You know, I, I don't know what they're going to do with Yeldon. I'd probably take McCaffrey. I feel a little safer with it. I'm certainly don't call me shocked if the big porterhouse steak, Leonard Fournette, the five star steak. In standard, you all you take Fournette any day of the yeah. week. And I do want to mention too the other pick that I like by the Panthers that may be going unheralded is the uh, round two selection of guard Taylor Moton. That's a guy I liked from the Senior Bowl. Uh, see, I you think he's a slug? No, I didn't think he was a slug, but he was a guy who I came in there with like I gave him every opportunity to to impress me. You know, with those offensive linemen, I always watch them real close. There's always a few that we come out of there loving. To me, it was the in, it was the guys, the interior guards, and with the tackle, I ended up liking the most was actually the kid from Pitt, the Adam Biznavati. I well, liked him let me at least time. say this: much like the Jaguars, now we like the player that the Jaguars took more in uh, Cam Robinson with their second round pick. But much like the Jaguars, I can at least appreciate that the Panthers understand that they need help on the offensive line. They drafted the running back first, and they circled right back around and tried to continue to bolster that offensive line with the Moton pick in the second round. I seem we'll to remember, too, it, it I think they took the Miami cornerback, Corn Elder. I'm going to go to rosterwatch.com and click in the pro section and go to the Senior Bowl athletic performance reports from practice. And if I scroll down to corners, let's see how Corn Elder... Because I remember his. I remember pulling his uh, GPS out of his sweaty-ass pads all the time. So we certainly have information on him. It looks like in maximum velocity, he was not a, a, you know, he wasn't a big time maximum velocity guy. The highest he got out of the uh, 11 players that we tested through the week at the cornerback position was fifth. It looks like in total explosive movements, the highest he got out of the 11 through the week was fifth. So at highest, he was middle of the pack in total explosive movements. And boy, man, you look at this kid. Uh, did Marquez White go to the Cowboys? I can double. No, they had Noah Brown. I know they got Noah Brown in the seventh the, round. The, the cornerback, Marquez White, did he go to the Dallas Cowboys? 
If he did, then I'm, I am absolutely assured that the in Dallas Cowboys... six. Yes, the Dallas Cowboys used this catapult data. Because he got sick. Oh, yes. Because Marquez White nearly doubled Corn Elder basically every single day in those total explosions. Well, and we told the folks about the Ryan Switzer data in the last yeah. podcast. His <laughs> yeah. analytics were through the roof. Yeah. That stuff was disseminated to all the organizations in the NFL, but we know that the Cowboys... Pay special attention to analytics. The Cowboys the certainly Browns, been paying off. A lot of these, them. a lot of these teams now are shifting more and more to analytics. Be interesting to see if uh, the 49ers head in that direction with their new regime after a, a a pretty heralded draft that they had and a nice performance by John Lynch outside that horrible CJ Beathard pick in round three. But yeah, but he was a G to start the draft. I mean, the ultimate G with every yeah. move that he pulled. Well, of course, all the news about Reuben Foster coming out this week, that his surgery didn't take, and that he was not he was off of a lot of teams' boards, not only because of his shoulder, but because of concussion issues. Well, I mean, was the process right, though? I mean, we can't look at it in a results-based now with, with, with something like that. That's all come out. That's information yeah, that, no, that I, he didn't I still have. like the pick. I just think it's... All of that is notable, and it's stuff that teams knew that not everybody else knew. Uh, anyways, George Kittle just signed by the 49ers, their fifth-round pick. You see, what, what we like about what John Lynch did is he really patchworked. Patchworked a bunch of guys late in this draft that you love. Who was it? It was uh, – who was the running back, Alex? The Oh, Joe, Joe Williams. Williams. He had the Joe Williams. There was that, the fourth-round pick. Then he got himself a Trent Taylor – and a George Kittle. These are guys, if you've been listening to these podcasts since January, these are all guys we've said have been sleepers throughout the draft process. Trent Taylor automatically becomes one of the best wide receivers. I mean, we on told that you, roster. we just told you 10 minutes ago, Dave Gettleman loved Trent Taylor, right? So he's one of the best receivers on the roster. Then they signed George Kittle. We told you that we loved the KD Cannon signing in uh, free agency Let me ask right you when the about draft that. expired. Not to take this thing too far off course, but I was talking with my publisher at orangebloods.com, Jeff Ketchum, about this. And like something, he just, something in his mind has been bought. Something doesn't add up about KD Cannon not being drafted. You know, and his, like his, this is a guy that he's evaluated ever since he was coming out of high school, that he's watched the whole time, that, I mean, that you believed was incredibly sick. So Ketchum he, likes Katie Cannon? Yes. And so something, player. something doesn't add up about him not being drafted. That's all I'm going to say. Well, you think there's either something behind the scenes that we don't know about? Yes. Yes. Something doesn't add up. He he should have been drafted. I'll tell you, what did they? what was it that... I forget what the percentage was. Some inordinate amount of underclassmen did not get drafted this year. Good players. Malachi Dupree didn't get drafted. Corey Clement didn't get drafted. Maybe you guys know something I don't know. I'm not sure if that's where we're going with this. But there's a lot of good players who didn't get drafted this year. The more and more I think about it, I can't believe that Katie Cannon did not get drafted. And I, and I don't, Can you believe Malachi Dupree didn't get drafted? You would have you had him ranked eight spots over Katie, 10 spots some, I mean, you would have had him ranked a lot higher in our pre-draft rankings. Yeah, I can't believe he didn't get drafted. Wait, and the thing with wait, him wait, is just wait, that they're worried wait, he's no, not a football no. guy. Malachi Dupree got drafted sure just at the end of the seventh undrafted round. Undrafted free agent to Green Bay, I'm almost certain. No, he got drafted at the end of the seventh to Green Bay. I do believe. I mean, let's just, let's just look right it up now. so we don't give out false information I'll tell you right here. right now. I, I'm almost certain it was undrafted free agent. I remember waiting around for the pick to come in and I, seeing if he would go. 
And I'm ah, pretty, I'm pick I'm, 247. I'm pretty sure he you won. got it. So the end of round seven. Yeah. But the, my point is, he's he a higher rated prospect than Katie Cannon across the board. So if he fell to basically the almost the last pick in the draft, how does Katie Cannon not get drafted? The same reason that Malachi Dupree is like the late seventh round pick. Something doesn't add up to me. Yeah, well, the thing that doesn't add up with Malachi is that they don't think he's a football guy. Maybe it's something like that with Cannon. I'm not sure. They hate the offense he came out of. We saw he ran great routes at the Combine, scored really well on our performance scorecards. We're not worried about Katie Cannon's ability to run routes. I don't know if he's a knucklehead behind the scenes. You know, I, He's an underclassman. This, I, he's an underclassman with, with, with really just not a lot of an experience coming out of a system that doesn't really – receivers doesn't bode well going to the – to, to the, uh, pros as far as the routes they run i think there's just a lot of questions about katie cannon and he's small do you think that there's do you think that there's a possibility that there could be questions about the fact that there are so many ongoing investigations with so many uh number Maybe of so. football players at at that university that there could possibly be something where nfl teams are just kind of hands off well this i don't situation. think he would be signed immediately on undrafted free agency one of the first people signed if that was the case if they if teams were aware of that why would they sign him at all on the other hand the 49ers are going against the grain on a lot of this stuff right now they're going to grain. They gave him 45,000 bucks. They only have 100,000 for their whole undrafted class. So I mean that means they had to skip nonetheless you got to tap the brakes a little because there's just not much precedent for guys that are undrafted coming in and really being successful it's the especially key, it's, early it's on the Kiaris Garrett rule. yeah you love Kiaris Garrett <laughs> but it's just it's just the hard right. to translate and I don't know it's a preconceived notion by these teams I mean these teams do behave in it like it, it makes a difference if you were drafted or not it makes a difference when you were drafted I mean that that does make a difference in how these teams operate and it makes it harder but where I was going is the 49ers like a they're like the trash men they're the, they're the trash men of the West Coast because they've now scooped up wide receiver Victor Bolden, an undrafted free agency. Uh, who was just unbelievably to us number one on our wide receiver scorecards you can find with a pro membership at rosterwatch.com. If you don't have a pro membership at rosterwatch.com, please support us. Please support this podcast. But Please support yourself as a fantasy player. Make yourself the best fantasy player in your entire league by getting a pro membership. It costs less than a cheap cup of coffee. But you can look at the on-field performance scores where we grade every single route run by every single wide receiver Every single year for the last six years at the NFL Combine, this year at the very top was a guy who we didn't even know who he was coming in, in Victor Bolden Jr. And, you know, in watching the tape of him, he seems more like a guy who is uh, unbelievably uh, a guy who was used more as a just explosive kind of kick return weapon, not necessarily a guy that looked like a polished wide receiver you would expect after scoring so well on those. So to me, you have, the, you, you know, you haven't seen the functional traits on film, but you've seen them live and in person. You've seen the explosive ability on film. If those two things can come together, that could be a player. It reminds me a lot of what the Rams did last year to try to fill up at the wide receiver position on their depth chart on the roster, going after all the Michael Thomases and Pharaoh Coopers, and there was two or three other ones, all super late and all ones that we really kind of hated and honestly I think still stink and aren't yeah. going to turn into much for the Rams. I think John Lynch did the same thing here, but – he did it with prospects like Trent Taylor, Katie Cannon, George Kittle, and Victor Bolden that we that actually we, like. That we, that we like and, and or love. Here at Roster Watch. Yep. What do you make about the Vikings and the Redskins probing around on old Michael Floyd? Um, you know, I think 
Redskins done make par much. for the course. Par for Leave the those goddamn Redskins. Par for man. the course. Why do they hate Josh Doxson? Par for the course for the Redskins. God damn it! You got. You can't make the club in the tub. It's, we got. We were told God that. We were told it. that early in this career. God damn it! I I, I hated they're even sniffing around him for. Warmer. I know. I think it's a feels like fit. a little bit of a body blow again. Just the fact that they're even blow. considering it. Minnesota. I mean, they just gave Adam Thielen money. They still got Stephon Diggs. Uh, you know what? A lot of people love Michael Floyd for his ability to block downfield, and they have to do anything they can to fortify that 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 running game. Latavius sucks. Does Laquan Treadwell owners feel like they're getting a Texas titty twister right now? <laughs> <laughs> we would. Hey, hey, there are no Laquan Treadwell owners in all of roster watch nation. I guarantee you that much. There, there are plenty of Josh Doxson owners, which feels just as pitiful a club right now. Got to make them whistle. Hey, it is. It is. <laughs> it's super hard to whistle whenever you're whenever your nipples in a twist like that. Hey, I'll say this, though. The, the Corey Coleman owners don't don't feel in, really any better than any of those guys. All they're hoping for is upside. Uh, Corey, that's a good good point right there. Hugh Jackson coming out and showering Corey Coleman with a little bit more praise in recent days we cannot forget that this is a guy that needs to be on all of our radars for a big time breakout and possibly i mean i don't know if he's a dynasty by low at this point oh yeah i think he is well i'll tell you what if i'm in a dynasty rookie draft that's underway and i get to that second round i'll ship that i'll ship ship that for Corey come i'll ship a late first rounder would you ship a late first rounder well let me just look at who i'm looking at who it would be it'd be uh do you like Zay Jones or Corey Coleman more oh, in Dynasty? Jesus. That's tough, man. I might say Corey Coleman just because of his just because of his, his elite speed. What about what about Jamal Williams? Oh, I'd want Kareem Corey, Hunt, Alvin Kamara. I want Kareem Hunt over him over Corey Coleman. I think yes. we got a lot of ups. I mean, you just you you, you wonder with Kareem Hunt if you're going to be going into year two with some kind of new new Jamal Charles on your hands in that offense. It's possible. You don't want to sleep. Yeah, you don't want to sleep on Kareem Hunt. Is there's, no. a chance, there's a chance. I think there's a chance we're going into 2018. He's the, be, he's he's the best running back on the starter, and he's kind of Jamal Charles ish on that. He's team. the best. He walks into that. He walks into Kansas City as the best running back that they have. I feel like Corey Coleman's a little bit of a safer bet, if that means anything for this year. Yeah, I just feel like I know. It feels to me, granted, we still got a lot we need in to dynasty, see out of him in Dynasty. In no, in Dynasty, I want. One hundred percent of the time, I want Kareem Hunt. Oh, what I'm saying is, I feel like the Browns are very, very committed, openly and explicitly to Corey Coleman. Once you Hunt, get Hunt is Hunt at this point, we we are projecting that commitment at one, this two, point. Three, That's four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Yes, if I'm at two point one point twelve, two point zero one, the kind of spot where I'm going to be taking a Jamal Williams, a Marlon Mack, a McJeremy McNichols. Give me a Corey Coleman. Give me a Corey Coleman around the area where I'd be taking a Zay Jones, a Kareem Hunt. I'm not quite sure that I'm comfortable trading away that kind of draft equity. Nonetheless, it's worth it's really worth uh, thinking about. Since we're sniffing around, because this thing's going to come back home to roost. Another wide receiver that maybe we could sniff around on a buy low. Uh, our good friend Vic Carucci on the Buffalo Bills beat uh, reports that while they did not exercise the fifth-year option on uh, wide receiver Sammy Watkins, that he, he feels strongly that the Bills are motivated 
to extend Watkins and keep him with the team after the season. Of course, I'm sure this is all going to be pending, uh, you know, health. health. Sammy Watkins, is he another potential buy low in Dynasty right now? Yes. He can be... Yeah, I mean, I'm a guy who's... It's tough for me to say. Like, I'm a guy who just traded away Sammy Watkins, but that was in a deal wherever I was able to acquire Julio Jones. Would you rather have Sammy Watkins or Zay Jones in Dynasty? got to say Watkins, right? Yes, Watkins is the... Like, we talked about those on-field performance scores. Watkins is the poster boy for those. He's the best I've ever seen live in Indy. So what we're saying is... He's a special, mythical, mystical beast of a human. So what we're saying is we'd probably still give up a mid-first-round to late-first-round, mid-to-late-first-round pick in Dynasty Draft for a Sammy Watkins in return. It's just the, the one thing that you worry about is the health. When you put it like that... That sounds pretty... You think that sounds steep? Mid sounds steep. I want... You'd rather have Samaje P. Ryan yes. than Sammy Watkins. That, yes, but I think getting down... I think It's going to have to have a one, I think, in the later, number to get yes. the deal done. I think it'll have to have a one in the number, but I think it needs to be a one with, you know... A one, one point one, one. one point one zero. Maybe if you got it, maybe at that point there's nobody real appealing on the board to somebody you can toss in a little extra something, like a, some really late-round pick or a late-round pick next year. Well, here's the thing, man. You guys have to realize that your fourth-round picks and your rookie drafts this year, you're going to be just throwing spaghetti against the wall and seeing what sticks. These, these the, After the first 22 or so offensive players, I mean, we did an IDP league, and by the time we got to 3.04, 3.05, we can, we can talk about our picks in that draft that there was a real falling off point there and that was even in with individual defensive players i think when you took the individual defensive players uh out who went in in that class or in that draft we were looking at like 22 guys who you're really excited about clicking draft whenever their name comes up yeah you know? I had it about other than that you got a bunch so. of guys who you're just kind of trying to split hairs and you know decide whether or not you like them which one of these guys necessarily uh, represents the most upside so if i mean if you go if you need to throw in a fourth round pick or something like that to be able to get a deal done for a difference maker on your team go ahead and do it you know this isn't it this is a year where it's you know it's deep with a lot of players that you could make arguments for but the players that you're making arguments for, there's a lot of really tough hairs to split between who's who. And then, I mean, to be completely honest, for dynasty purposes, a lot of these guys are guys you're going to have to wait on, even though we love the talent, the Chris Godwins of the world, the Carlos Hendersons of the world. They're going to fall. People just don't know about them. You know, these are guys who you're going to have to, these are guys you're going to have to wait on as far as what they're, you know, you're not going to be able to plug them into your fantasy rosters in your dynasty league anytime next season well let's talk about this draft for a second just overall and a little bit of idp talk too since i've had a few members of roster watch nation reach out to us recently uh about help because because like us many of our subscribers are in maniacal idp leagues i think and i think and i think 75 percent of the podcast if we talk too much about idp is going to turn this damn thing right off <laughs> so we'll get into it a little bit though. well uh, first and foremost at 1.01 we we traded up for that pick we acquired that pick for the rights to draft leonard fournette so we did it obviously ago. we're very very happy about that but now just in retrospect we had 1.05 which is where dalvin we could have had dalvin cook O.J. Howard, John Ross there. And then we gave up 205 as well to make that pick. So at that point, we could have had, this is an IDP league, we could have had Deontay Foreman, Marlon Mack, Reuben Foster. So Foreman fell 
Solomon Thomas fell. So really, we would have been cutting it really, really close at 205. In retrospect, we might have rather had a Deontay Foreman and a Dalvin Cook than just a Leonard Fournette, but we never feel bad about making up. That seems like that shook out about the way that it should. Uh, and then we went on to 305. And this is where Alex... Our first pick. This is, yeah, our, our, our second pick in the draft was at 305. This is a six-round IDP uh, rookie draft. We got Derek Barnett out of uh, the Eagles. This is a guy Alex has been hyping up as just an absolute sack master. And so what we're, why, the reason we mention this is that some of you guys might be looking for value at the IDP position in your rookie drafts. This was a guy that we felt represented tremendous value falling to the third round um, in an IDP league. And then we kind of the we, one guy that we got really hurt on that he went right before us to Jamie Oppenheim was Solomon Thomas. We were just if God damn it if 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 if, if Byron would have been a little bit more Johnny on the spot. Oh shit! About what? Oh, a trade? A trade? Because he would have been the trying, perfect trade man. partner. I was trying. I was trying. And I think he would have made the deal. I think so. Now it's going to be hard to circle back and make that happen. Yeah. So to Alex's point, some of the guys that we saw fall in the IDP draft. Um, that he, he, the listeners may want to keep their eye on are uh, Derek Barnett, Solomon Thomas, uh, both defensive linemen, Hassan Reddick, the linebacker in Arizona. Went way late. Malik Hooker, the safety in Indianapolis, went late. Uh, Jabril Peppers, safety Super late. in Cleveland, he went, went late, final round. late third. I mean, that, that could be a steal. He went late third. I thought he went more in the fourth or the fifth. Yeah, I, I remember saying, I cannot believe fourth. he's still there. Uh, and then we got Obi, the Raiders safety, the one out of UConn that we loved so much at the Senior Obi Bowl. Obi Yeah, we got him, I think, in, in round six or so. So there's some pretty good players you can fill up uh, late on there in your IDP. Uh, oh, do you know who else went late? The Houston Texans, Zach Cunningham. Another one that people slept on if you're in need of inside linebacker help. I actually had a, I actually had a, a Texans conversation uh uh, last night, and I talked to somebody about Deontay Foreman and what went into that selection, and also about and basically as a result of that, what I learned is that Zach Cunningham was a guy that the Texans had a first round grade on. The Texans felt like they needed a linebacker who could run and cover. I don't think that they believe that Brian Cushing is long for his job anymore. And the other interesting thing that they said about Deontay Foreman is. Lamar Miller's uh, their all-around guy, they say, but they think Deontay Foreman is a guy who can come in, who doesn't need carries to get warmed up, who can give him an instant, uh, in like an instant spark of, of of juice. He said that he will play significantly next season. Uh, that basically got the idea that Alfred Blue and um, uh, Alfred Blue and Jonathan Grimes are now expendable. He said Foreman's going to wear number 27, and it'll be, it'll be fun to watch the week one of the season. It's going to be Texans-Jaguars. Fournette also wearing 27. We'll get to see the two rookies not really square off. Clearly, we'll see a lot more Fournette than we will have Foreman that day, but the two number 27 rookies, although he did say that Akeem Hunt, who now wears 33, which is Deontay Foreman's number in college, he, he kind of said, like, hey, come, come the time camp starts. 33 might be open for Deontay to, to take it. So I, I basically what they're – look, what it's, what it's going to be with the Houston Texans, it's going to be the starter of Lamar Miller and a guy who they're going to keep paced. They're not going to – they're not going to – he's not going to get 30 touch volume again. 
And the guy they're going to face him with is going to be Deontay Foreman and nobody else. And he's a better prospect than Lamar Miller. It's not going to take long to see. And they're not going to pay Lamar Miller big bucks next year on any kind of second contract oh. with the team. It's going to lead to him. It's going to be the Doug Martin. It's going to lead to him having to go, uh, you know, test the free agent waters. Or, uh, you, know, you know what I mean? That's just the way that it's going to go. Now, um, or not? Just, I mean, or just not test the free agent. Just have to go back into the office and talk about restructuring the deal. You know, unless he, you know, whatever he wants to. Yeah, have. I'm. You know, I meant to say Latavius Murray, not like right. Doug Martin. Like like Latavius Murray had he that situation. We that dynamic. The writing was on the wall for that. That is what Lamar Miller is going to be facing next year, and it's rare that that t- t- player is ever retained by the team he's currently on. Usually ends up leaving free agency. Rick Smith has an eye on this whole situation. So, but I, that, that does bring up a good point, a stance I want to clarify a little bit, because I read your write-up about this and, and the primers and everything on Foreman. And I know we talked last uh, podcast when we were hammering, hammering out where we liked Foreman versus the Hunts and the Camaras of the world. And, you know, I kept referencing that Foreman was our number two back in our draft rankings. But what I do want to clarify is, I know you mentioned on, like in the article, you mentioned on talent alone. Deontay Foreman was not my number two back on talent alone in, in the draft rankings. That, to me, factored in the situation with, with Joe, Joe Mixon, Mixon, Dalvin Cook. Right. You know, to to some extent. But, but, do, as, do, but, but, but don't that, get me wrong. He was, he, talent-wise, I really, we really like, I really like Deontay Foreman. You know what I mean? So, I, just a small little bit of clarification there. And then we wrapped up this draft uh, in the Sirius XM uh, Experts League with Kenny Galladay, the wide receiver out of Detroit. This is a guy that you can get in the last rounds of your dynasty rookie drafts, especially in deep drafts. This was a sixth-round pick. And then we were able to get our boy, Taewon Taylor, the tra- our boy, but really the trash man's boy, boy because our real boy, Ryan Switzer, was still available. Trash and man's man never take him. The point is, those are some guys that you can get late. You can get Corey Clement late. You can get Kenny Galladay late, who's a third-round you know, third targeted pick for the Lions. They don't have a receiver I like him. he was him. a fourth-rounder. But I mean, still, I mean, he was a tar- he pretty was good, either pretty way. good draft equity. And I think they might have traded up for him. And totally fits a, a large uh, receiver ne- on the outside that they don't have. They they need that kind of guy. And then you know who else I've had to move up in the dynasty rookie draft cheat sheet that I saw there was some value on in our rookie draft as well. And you, when when you read more into it, you, you realize he needs to be on the radar. And Aaron that, Jones. Oh, cer- we already talked about certainly him Aaron Jones. Right. Well, we talked about Joe Williams. Certainly Aaron Jones in Green Bay, great value late. We like Jamal Williams, so don't call us surprised if Aaron Jones... Look, we told you the Packers have to play four or five running backs a year. Don't call us surprised if Aaron Jones is also getting a big run next year. But you know who it is? Is the Bears tight end, Adam Sheehan. Adam Sheehan. Sheehan. Or Sheehan. He's got to be on the radar. He was a very targeted pick for them. They think he could be a little bit of a gronker. Well, you've seen the tape. I don't know if you've seen it. It's like... I mean, it looks like high school tape, you know? And it's just funny, like I, whatever school he came from, uh, you know, come. It's just it's funny that, like, I don't think anybody has ever left that school early <laughs> to declare for the NFL draft. But I mean, you you look at the tape, and it, I mean, it, it it is it's a LeBron James, it's a it's a Jadavion Clowney, it's a it's a grown man playing with little tiny kids, you know, just a beast among, uh, you know. Just completely incapable competition. So, yeah, totally. He's a guy who. He's a guy who. Looking at it at first gloss, I should have probably realized you know needed to be a little bit higher. 
Just because of the tremendous upside. Solomon Thomas went a full round after Jonathan Allen in this section. Too much. It's too much. It's real value. Honestly, I think Jonathan Allen at the end of the first round, in, in a league where having a defensive tackle like Aaron Donald or Dominican Sue or Geno Atkins is the, the kind of thing that really puts your roster over the top, just the way this scoring is. And it's like that in a lot of IDP leagues. It's those D tackles who can get the sacks that go huge for you. We like both those players, but just – all the more reason that Solomon Thomas was a steal there. Uh, you want to get back to a few more news and notes here? Sure. So we're talking Redskins sniffing around Michael Floyd a little bit. Uh, the predictions are, though, that this is coming out of the beat writers in Washington that Jameson Crowder is poised for his first 1,000-yard monster this season. Where I mean, Crowder is so – this has been such a carousel at wide receiver, and Crowder's a guy that's been a you – know, you know, very integral component in the uh, fantasy rosters of Roster Watch Nation the last two years. This is a guy that... Are we to the point where, where we like Jamison Crowder more than Stephon Diggs and Golden Tate? The, the Diggs one is interesting. I, I, I think he's safer. I think he's safer. I like you got to like Crowder a lot right now. We, we definitely like him more than Kelvin Benjamin with all this new stuff that's come out about him being a total fat ass, right? You talk about coming home to roost. Uh, you think back. I mean, he had the great rookie year, but what was the concern about him coming out? Could he maintain his weight? And that's something to always remember. It really, really is. It's tough for a big like guy like that to keep his weight down. Yeah, I like Jamison Crowder. Okay. You know, another guy who finished the season strong that was in a little bit shrimpy is we finally saw the uh, – I don't want to call it a breakout. We finally saw Tavon Austin doing some things. I mean, he was, like, very playable last year down the stretch. Tavon Austin was – um, I hate, I, I hate are, anytime I have to insert him into my fantasy roster. The Rams are saying they want him to become more of a Deshaun Jackson. Apparently, this is Sean McVay from the Redskins offense wanting to bring that Deshaun Jackson role over for Tavon. I'm just, as fast as he is, I'm just, he's, just, he's not the same kind of receiver that Deshaun Jackson is. He's not even the same kind of receiver down the field that a Percy Harvin was when uh, when push came to shove there. Let's see here. Tavon Austin, do you have his game log up by any chance? No, I can pull it up. Let's, let's, let's look it up. I, I mean, I really do. You, do. do you want it for PPR or do you want it for standard? Let's look at his standard. Okay, so Tavon, it was even. I don't even know if he's a, I don't even know if Tavon was a top 50 wide receiver in standard last season. Well, he, he certainly started to become very useful down the stretch. I mean, if you were in a pinch. Tavon, wide receiver 56 last season. Game log is, God, this game log's abysmal. His median, I mean, look at this game log. 1. 1.5, 5.6, 16.4, 0.8, 8.5, 2.6, 12.7, 1.8, 2.9, 2.9, 11.5, 8.9, 2.7, 10.0, 2.0. So, I mean, if you look down the stretch, you're talking about, I guess you're talking about the stretch of games from week 12 forward where it was 11.5 and then a nine-pointer, then a three-pointer, then a 10-pointer, then a two-pointer. Yeah, it still wasn't good. But the, I mean, it's a lot – a lot they – say, they say an awful lot about Tavon Austin every year. Yeah. And, they, and, they, and it never happens. And they pay him a bunch of money, and you think that this is the year, and it never happens. Don't buy and, the hype. There's, the fact is, these players of that stature, it, it's just what you kind of learn is they can only get so much – well, why can't he be a Tyreek Hill? Tell me why Tavon Austin cannot be a Tyreek Hill. That doesn't make sense. 
You would have thought Tavon Austin was the original Tyreek Hill. Is that those extra 10 pounds, there's something about that threshold of that weight at the NFL uh, of a Tavon Austin. at one. It's it's that sub-185. It's the sub-Percy Harvin. It's the it's the sub-Deshaun Jackson. It's the sub-John Ross. These guys that are 170, Tyreek Hill, I think, is even, what, 180? He's 180-plus, I want to say. The only one that has been any – the only one recently that's been kind of of, of that size and stature that's been any good – has been a J.J. Nelson. Like I said in his write-up, he's, I mean, that guy's 170 soaking wet. So, you know. We say good, but I think our expectations were a lot lower right. for him. And he's a different kind of player. Like, Tavon Austin's a player who they want to get involved on end arounds and sweeps and run him out of the backfield. They even hand the ball off to him in the red zone sometimes. And so, if you're going to be that kind of player, you want to be that kind of the dynamic weapon, like a Tyree, you know, if he's going to be a Tyreek Hill... And do those same kind of things. You got to be a little bit bigger. Tyree kills a little bit bigger. Yeah, he's a he's a clean one eighty five. So that fifteen pounds uh, makes a big difference. Did you have anything you want to get into on the MFL ten sheet before we yeah. get to some of these reviews of the week? Yeah. Uh, so we'll we'll do this MFL ten talk. We'll get the reviews of the week, and we'll get everybody out of here. Send them on to a big football weekend. All right. Just a couple things coming home to roost. Mark Ingram. How do we view him now? Would you do? Uh, let's just say this. Who do you like better in MFL 10? Mark Ingram or Leonard Fournette? Leonard Fournette. That's not even that close for me. Do you like Mark Ingram or Lamar Miller better? Lamar Miller. Jesus. Okay. Let me talk to you about some cross-positional uh, cross-positional comparisons. Do you like Mark Ingram if you were faced in a draft in a vacuum, no needs taken into consideration for what you needed on your team, Allen Robinson or Mark Ingram? Boy, it's interesting what's going on at the wide receiver position in Jacksonville. I think I'm going to take my chances. Is this PPR? Yeah. 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 It's an MFL 10. Yeah. I want Allen Robinson. How about Doug Baldwin? Doug Baldwin and Mark Ingram. That one's that's that's really close. How about Michael Crabtree or Devontae Adams? I think that's all about the right spot for Mark Ingram. Do you want Mark Ingram or Carlos Hyde? I want Carlos Hyde. Do you want? Oh, okay. Do you want Carlos Hyde or, Demar or Demarius Thomas? Until I get to see that quarterback situation get ironed out, which I will. I'll be live at Broncos training is it, camp. Is it pretty tough? Not for me. I want Carlos Hyde. I don't trust Demarius Thomas for his eight or nine points. Do you want Carlos Hyde? Do you, Paxton Lynch throwing the ball into the dirt ten yards in front of him on an out route? Do you like? Do you want Carlos Hyde or do you want Michael Crabtree? Let's go Crabtree. I mean, that's say that, that is that's okay. where that's the so that's do you the want, measuring do you, stick. Do you, do, do you want safe or do you want to try to go for the, you know, the whole shebang there? That's a good. That's do you a tough want, one. Do you want Mark Ingram or do you want Jarvis Landry? Probably take Jarvis Landry. Safer. Do you want Mark Ingram? Okay, all right. What about Terrell Pryor? Give me Ingram. That's close. Okay. That's really close. So let's shift this. God. I mean, man. honestly, those feel very similar. God damn. You had to bring Ingram way down. Yeah. Okay. Do you want well, adding Adrian Peterson to the backfield? Do you want? Will do you, bring you way down. Do you want? Yeah. Do you want? Do you, Do you want Leonard Fournette or Sammy Watkins? 
Give me the big five-star porterhouse. I want Leonard Fournette. How about Keenan Allen? Give me Leonard Fournette. How about Amari Cooper? Fournette. How about Brandon Cooks? Fournette. What about DeMarco Murray? Give me Leonard Fournette. Are you serious? Yeah. What about Alshon? That's uh, probably Fournette. What about Jay Ajay? No. Give me a give me a Jai. Okay. Do you want Lamar Miller or and DeMar that pains me to say? Do you want Lamar Miller or DeMarco Murray? Oh, I'll probably go DeMarco Murray. Do you want Lamar Miller or Amari Cooper? That's really close. I think that's it is really, too. really close. I think that's gonna answer my question for me. Okay. Now, on to some others. We need to discuss uh, C.J. Anderson and Jamal Charles. What effect does Jamal Charles signing in Denver have on C.J. Anderson? You can't wait to go see in training camp. Right now. For now. Do you want Tevin Coleman more than C.J. Anderson now? You know how much I you love You always Tevin have. Coleman. Do you want Isaiah Crowell more than C.J. Anderson now? Probably, yeah. Yes. I mean, Jamal Charles ain't going to just sit on the bench. Now, I mean, it, here's what I think is Booker is going to sit on the bench. And it's a one-two with Anderson and Charles. Devontae Booker isn't even on the MFL 10 cheat yeah. sheet. <laughs> like, I got through 16 so rounds. So do I like C – if C.J. Anderson is in a split time with Jamal Charles as the 1A or even the 1. Oh, so you see do Jamal I Charles like, as a 1A? Oh, no, no, just with C.J. Anderson. Oh. I think that can flip. But I think it could – probably be 1A, 1B if Charles is healthy. Do I like that more than Crowell with Duke Johnson? No, I hate Duke Johnson. So, yeah, I like Crowell. You like Crowell? Yeah. Do you like Ty Montgomery or C.J. Anderson? Ty Montgomery. Do you like C.J. Anderson or Stephon Diggs? Boy, this Stephon Diggs is sure is an interesting one to think about. You yeah, just start to wonder, in a year or two, is this is Sam Bradford, is this thing going to – be able to shape up CJ Anderson or Andrew Luck. I think you got to probably take CJ Anderson over Stefan Diggs. CJ Anderson or Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck. Deshaun Jackson or Andrew Luck. Boy, Deshaun Jackson going to have nothing but single coverage this year. Give me Deshaun. I want my quarterback later. Okay. And so you do you I mean, let me I, ask you this just as a result of all this. Let's let's see if this worked. Let's see if it makes sense. C.J. Anderson or Travis Kelsey? I'd take Kelsey there. Okay. It makes perfect sense. C and, and, and just for fun, C.J. Anderson or Golden Tate? I'd take C.J. Anderson there. Okay. It makes perfect sense. What you said, what you said actually, what you said actually makes it was actually um, it all reconciles it adds yeah, up yeah okay so it wasn't a trash man no it where i told you something that was completely out of line with everything else in our rankings and anything else we've worked so hard on just Ill illogical and it feels right. disingenuous spencer where <laughs> where are we now with kareem hunt and spencer i mean i always said spencer you, Ware was too high on this cheat sheet and i think andy reed thinks of him the same way do that you I like do. spencer where Oh, I mean, Spencer Ware or Stephon Diggs? As long as we have Tevin Coleman over both of them, I'm happy. 
Tevin Coleman or, Ju or, or Julian Edelman in PPR? Woo! That All right, stuff. It's fine. It's fine. Okay. Stuff. Spencer Ware or Golden Tate? Spencer Ware. Spencer Ware or Stephon Diggs? Spencer Ware. Spencer Ware or C.J. Anderson? C.J. Anderson. Spencer Ware or Danny Woodhead? That Woodhead one's a sneaky one, isn't it? Yeah. Who are who is the lead running back in Baltimore? What kind of running back group is that? It's Kenneth Dixon. I mean, that is it's a Dan, business. It's, it's I Danny love Woodhead. Danny Woodhead. If well, he's coming off the ACL. I think you gotta like they, Danny Woodhead. They said he's gonna be they say that he's gonna be good to go. Okay, so you like Danny Woodhead more than Spencer Ware, Jesus. In PPR, I mean Latavius is, or Spencer Ware? Spencer, Spencer Ware. Spencer Ware. I don't trust Latavius Murray with anything. Dante Moncrief or Spencer Ware? Ooh, that one's that one's pretty interesting. Let's go Spencer Ware. Okay. So I'm gonna make a note here because that's gonna take a that's gonna take a big overhaul of a bunch of players, and I don't want to just do it right here on the on on the fly. Okay. Uh, now that we have that figured out, Christian McCaffrey. Um, do you like him above that whole kind of Stephon Diggs, C.J. Anderson, Spencer Ware territory that we're talking oh, about? Oh, yes, I do. Okay, so do you like him more than, say, a Ty Montgomery? Uh, that's very, very close. Okay, do you, uh, sp uh, okay, Christian McCaffrey or Brandon Marshall? Give me Christian McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey or the tie freak? Give me Christian McCaffrey. Ty Montgomery or the tie freak? It's real. This uh, this is, sounds like it's going to be one where there's a little carousel here, a little round robin here. I'm just making sure that we're being logical. Probably Ty Montgomery. I mean, that's a Christian close McCaffrey game. or Larry Fitzgerald. Christian McCaffrey. Isaiah Crowell or, Chris, or Christian McCaffrey? Christian McCaffrey. The Fitzgerald one's close. I mean, with nobody else there, he's still going to get us targets in PPR this year. I wouldn't take Christian McCaffrey over Isaiah Crowell. That's fine. You're the architect of this tool. It's close. Those are all close. I trust Christian McCaffrey. Dave Gettleman is so freaking excited he can't stand it right now. So I'm going to make a note. I'm going to say he needs to be in Crowell territory. I think that also means that. I think that also means that Montgomery is going to need to come up. There was something a little bit illogical in what you've told me, because you said before that you like you take Montgomery over Christian McCaffrey, but. You said before that you would take Isaiah Crowell over Montgomery, and now you're saying you take McCaffrey over Crowell. I think I'd so take McCaffrey over that whole group, and then if I have to think about it again, I probably take. I don't know. Montgomery Crowell is a very difficult one, but I like Christian McCaffrey better. Than that's there. That's the little tier right there, with the Tyree. Isn't it funny how these tiers just develop naturally and almost by default? Yes. 
Have no. we have we wished Roster Watch Nation a happy Cinco de Mayo yet? Happy Cinco de Mayo. Yeah. Can you imagine what's going on in San Antonio today? No. Did you hear Charles Barkley finally apologize to the women of San Antonio? Why? For making fun of them for all having the starch bomb? Yeah, just for being in that dirty little creek down there in San Antonio. <laughs> it's a dirty creek. He, well, he said he finally, he finally. Have you ever been around and seen somebody fall in that thing when they're drunk? I have not. I have. And boy, you feel bad for him because that thing is filled up with gasoline and everything. All those little. Yeah. But anyway, he finally. The little boat tour on the river walk that my family used to make me go on all, every year was always kind of fun. Yeah, but you don't want to go down there and have any food or drinks, man. It's all trash. Yeah, you, no. You got to get off the beaten path in SA for good Mexican Well, Barkley just said that he finally got, got around while he was in town for the Spurs playoff series. He finally got around to trying a churro. And he said, man, those are... It was the churro that he, changed his mind? He said, I, he said, the churros are so damn good. That cinnamon sugar. He says, I understand why the women of San Antonio look like they do now. <laughs> and I apologize because I love these churros too. <laughs> Chuck, man, you got to love them. <laughs> okay. Um, all right, Quigley, we'll just get to a few more of these because I know we're going to have to get to some housekeeping with the reviews of the week and giving away some free memberships at rosterwatch.com. Again, Byron Lambert, Alex Dunlap here on the Roster Watch podcast brought to you by... Rosterwatch.com. Dalvin Cook. Do we like Dalvin Cook as much as we like Latavius Murray? More. Do we like him more than we like? So do, do we like him more than the whole C.J. Anderson kind of area? C.J. Anderson. Yeah, I like area? Dalvin Cook up with the with the. Uh, I mean, I think he should be up in the, the Montgomery, Tom yes. Montgomery, Christian McCaffrey, yeah, maybe at the bottom of that tier. I mean, and there could be an argument as we see what happens in training camp. He goes to the top. I like him at, at the, the bottom, bottom of that tier. Okay. Rob well, just Kel because we're upset with Dalvin Cook as a person, we, we cannot forget that this is a good situation for fantasy. Potentially. I'm, I'm upset with him also is his, his athletic profile. I'm, I'm upset with his testing. And his shitty offensive line in Minnesota. Rob Kelly, I just have almost no interest in this, in this fat ass anymore. None here. I want all the Samaj P. Ryan. Well, that brings all us to Samaj. That brings us to Samaj P. Ryan. Thank goodness we got him onto the bottom of the cheat sheet. Just, you know, so t I mean, I have so much Samaj P. Ryan in MFL ten just because I was taking him in the you know thirteenth round. Do we like Samaj P. Ryan more than Carlos Hyde and Mark Ingram? No. Do no. we like? Do we like him more than – do we like him in the Tevin Coleman, Isaiah Crowell kind of Ty Montgomery territory? I like him with Dalvin Cook. So Crowell – so he's going to be in the Christian McCaffrey. He's going to be mean, in the he, tier he with should be guys. at the bottom of that tier. He should go right under Dalvin Cook. Maybe. I'll be – I'm going to take Samaj before Dalvin. Well, that's fine. That's fine. Um, Those guys should be touching. Green, Robot Genius loves mutual One last touching. one. There are others I need to reconcile. I mean, I need to reconcile Gio Bernard. I need to reconcile Alvin Kamara. I need to reconcile Jamal Charles. I need to reconcile Jeremy Hill. And I need to reconcile Adrian Peterson. I think I have a good grip on those. But the one I need your help with here is most is Kareem Hunt. It's a tough one. Yeah. I think Kareem. Do you like Kareem Hunt more than Derrick Henry? Oh, I think I got right to the heart of it. Yeah, that's the heart of it. Right? Okay. How far is that from the Dalvin Cook territory? I know ADPs are baked in here. I'm just curious. It's, I mean, 
Cream Hunt should be a few probably, tiers below. Probably nine players. Yeah, I like it. That sounds about right. Okay. And I mean, I'd probably take Derrick Henry first still, but I mean, this is MFL 10. You got a better shot at a whole lot of points maybe with Hunt here. That's close. Okay, and then one more. Sorry. I didn't re- I, I I didn't I didn't see this guy's female smacking name right in front of me. Joe Mixon. I mean, we like him more than Mark Ingram and Carlos Hyde. Oh, yeah. I mean, I like him up... Uh, Lamar Miller territory? Yes. Do you like him more than Lamar Miller? I think that's good territory. Do you like him more than Keenan Allen? Uh, Do you like him more than Sammy Watkins? We're pretty close. Do you yeah. like him more than Allen Robinson? For now, I'm comfortable with mixing underneath those guys. Do you like him more than Doug Baldwin? Yes. Do you, you like him about? I like him about. Would, Doug you, would it be a tough choice choosing between Allen Robinson, Rob Gronkowski, and Joe Mixon? Yeah, I think I, yes, but I think he probably should be a hair behind those guys. What about Joe Mixon versus Devontae Adams? That one's tough. That one's tough. Mixon versus Crabtree? I'm taking Mixon at that point, I think. It's tough. It's tough. Crabtree was very good. This is PPR. Certainly take it before Demarius. Yeah. Yeah. I take the, That's where I want to take the chance on the upside. I just don't trust the upside in Denver for any of those receivers. Mixon, you got a chance to hit a grand slam. Okay. All right. I have that settled. You guys, you can keep, keep the lookout for the MFL 10 cheat sheet. Should be available at some point this weekend. I'm not going to get it up until I get my final landing spots primer up for round four on, simply because I want to make sure there's not anybody who I'm overlooking. I want to make sure all the Kenny Galladay's of the world, all these idiots are slotted properly. And as you can tell, it just takes some time, not only with figuring out who it is we like, who we want to give Roster Watch Nation exposure to in their best ball leagues, but also making sure that as ADPs shift, ADPs are baked in to make sure that at every turn of these drafts, the same way with every cheat sheet product that we provide at Roster Watch, what's made us famous is that there's, there's, there's going to be value at every single pick. You're, you're going to be optimizing value at every single pick. So just give us a little bit of time to make sure that we have it correct, and we will have those products out to you here within, you know, certainly within the week, hopefully by the end of the weekend. Let's move on to some housekeeping in the comments section at rosterwatch.com where you can comment, where you can give us a five-star review, and you can find yourself being a star of this uh, podcast in the very next week and finding yourself with a free subscription to rosterwatch.com. Yeah, let's take a minute here to get maniacal together. Roster Watch Nation can share in this with me. This is like what I do at night, every night before bed, before bed <laughs> line by line here. So let's give a shout out for uh, to the members of Roster Watch Nation who did their homework, went and put a five star review up on iTunes for the Roster Watch podcast. Big O Titan, RL Kenya eighty, Terrell Schneider, Swaggy NR, and C Bioso. Thank, Thank you, you guys, guys very much for getting maniacal and for showing Roster Watch Nation how it's done with these comments. Uh, I do, do want to go over quickly how to do it. Some people say that they can't do it on 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 their iPhone. Can you just go through and give directions before we get to that? Well, I've and I wonder if I've only found a workaround. Well, we'll have to find if there's an easier way to do this. What I do is I go to I go to my podcast app on my phone and I just search for Roster Watch Podcast. When that happens, you'll see the Roster Watch Podcast logo come right up, and I tap on that 
And then right there, there's reviews and uh, and right and, there, and there's like a star rating. I had never rated the sh the show before myself, and so whenever I went and did that, I just gave it a quick rating, five stars. It literally took me two seconds. What you do is just search in your app for Roster Watch Podcast. It'll come right up. You'll see the RW logo that'll say Maniacal NFL Analysis. Click on that logo, and then right when it pops up, you'll see the stars right at the very top. And all you gotta do is click five of them, guys. It takes literally five seconds, and it can make all the difference in the world for us as we kind of need this information to point to our marketing guy and say, look, we love doing the pod. People love it. Uh, let us keep doing it. Anyway, back to the reviews. All right. So one shout out here to um, Swaggy and R for, for utilizing the term Gandhi in his review. We love it. We feel, we feel diabolical when we read reviews where our users have gone in and said that the Roster Watch podcast is Gandhi. Yes. We love that feeling. Thank you for using that terminology. Uh, but I, I narrowed it down to two finalists here. The first is Big O Titan. Five-star reviews for the Roster Watch podcast. I've listened to you all part-time for a few years. This year, I didn't miss one show and also had a pro subscription during the season. Epic show. You all were a big part of the best year I've ever had in fantasy. Three ships. Hopefully, they get you all back online and remote uh, draft season. Uh, stay up, gentlemen. So he's saying that he's wishing us well to get back on SiriusXM. All of that is in the works. Uh, no worries about that, Roster Watch Nation. And finally, I think you're going to ask me, you're going to say, how did this one make it? Awesome Pod by Terrell Schneider. Five stars. Triple A plus plus plus. And ask me, just ask me why, how, how could that have even made the final? Is that the... Is that the um is that all it says? That's it. Yeah. How did it make well, he's it? He's actually added a little more this time, but I'll explain the backstory here. So I get so maniacal combing through these things line by line, and I keep an eye on all this. I noticed one day that all the reviews as I go to them are all sorted in chronological order by date. Yeah. But I kept seeing this one that said A++ out of order, right? Right. And what I've realized is, is that I had seen it before. This guy, Terrell Schneider, has gone in and made this comment multiple times to make sure that his is always towards the top when I'm going to bed at night so that I'll see it in there. Oh. And look, we got to give mad, mad props to a member of Roster Watch Nation <laughs> that can be as maniacal as we are. Oh, yeah. Well, so yeah. where do you think? You want to give it to Big O Titan? You want to give it to Terrell Schneider? No, give it to the crazy one, man. Give it to, uh, I mean. That's cockamamie. We love cockamamie around here. We love people that get their own cockamamie plots, ploys, and ideas. That's a very maniacal Schemes one. and plans. Schemes, plots. Uh, we like people that like to, uh, to file around, uh, you know, walk, walk around the house just dreaming up these ridiculous ideas. Well, they just get little, woolly little wild hair. Yes, and so we want to, we want to make sure and... And reward them. There you have it. Maniacal. Terrell Schneider, five-star review. Awesome pod. You have won Rosterwatch Podcast Review of the Week. Terrell, please email us, rosterwatch at gmail.com, and provide the email address associated with your pro subscription at Rosterwatch, and we will provide a credit to your pro account. There you go. That is episode 22 of the Rosterwatch Podcast, brought to you by Rosterwatch.com. For Byron Lambert, my name is Alex Dunlap. We will see you next time.